Let's go, Jay. <laughs> Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong, and we are one day removed from Valentine's Day, BJ. Did you have a happy Valentine's Day? You know, Tate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over 50 now. You know, yep. the other questions you don't ask me anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't I, ask I, me I, anymore, That's why I was you know? excited to ask. Those are my favorite you know, questions hey, to hey, ask hey, you. Hey, Tate, you know, <laughs> I retired from the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, Tate, so to all of you young players out there, you know what mm. I tell the player, Tate? Play on. Yeah. You know, that's that's your game now. Valentine's mm-hmm. Day is your, is your game. You know, Tate, I retired. You know what I did, Tate? I got up. I rode around the cul-de-sac <laughs> with my son on his bike. <laughs> Picked up a little breakfast for the family. Mm. Mm. Watched a little, you know, a little basketball. Stayed out of the way, Tate. You know what I mean? That's what I did. You yeah. Know, I just, yeah, I like that. Just, I like it's that. It's your game. Yeah. You know, I, I had a good run, though, Tate. I had a good run. You know what? I had a good run at it. Now, February 14th. It has a new meaning for a guy like me, though. You know, <laughs> uh, a, a wise man once said to me, uh, "Work on your game on and off the court." And uh, I am still living that life, BJ. Uh, yeah, but we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to the other game, uh, the game of basketball. Exactly, you know, exactly. You know, and I and I, I respect my wife. She she respects the game. I respect the game, and we had a good run at it. Now, hey, hey. hey. We just watching the game. Yeah, now. we're sitting hey, back. Yeah. Hey, just sitting, you know. But happy Valentine's Day to all those people <laughs> out there. <laughs> to all the young lovers, you know. That, that's yeah, the goal is to get in and get out of the game, yeah. just like BJ did. Uh, let's talk about basketball. BJ, I'm just going to throw topics at you today. You tell me if you want to keep it pushing or if you want to talk about it. And uh, the first one I have for you is a fascinating one and a team that you and I are both uh, intrigued with, interested in, whatever word you want to use, the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Ooh. Irving said to the world, uh, we're going to keep it in between the lines. And he said, I am going to be the shooting guard on this team. Whoa. And James Harden is going to be the point guard. Uh, do you want to talk about this? Or you want to keep it pushing, BJ? Oh, let, let's, let's, let's keep it here. Let, let's, let's, right. let's rock this one. Let's rock this one. All right, let's Go plug ahead. in. So what do you think? We got a new point guard in Brooklyn, James Harden. Kyrie Irving now officially the shooting guard for the Brooklyn Nets. KD got a hamstring issue, so he's out for a few games. So we have even more intrigue in Brooklyn. (laughs) I heard that there was a position Mm. and it caught my attention. So I was excited about, okay, you know, I watch Jokic play. I go, that's a point something. I don't mm-hmm. know what do you want to call it. And then I watch this guy play and I watch that guy play and there are no positions. And when I talk to these executives, they tell me they want to find five guys who can all defend and interchangeable. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a player comes out of an interview and says, this guy's a point guard. And I was like, Let me hear what he's got to say. <laughs> like, I was just getting used to the, 
you know, I was trying to, you know, I'm trying to to broaden my horizons and how I watch the game. And all of a sudden now, so Tate, my question is, is it positionless basketball mm. or are there positions? Or as I watch the game, I don't know what the hell's going on half the time I'm watching the game now. <laughs> so what's going on? I should be asking you. <laughs> PJ like, Tucker is, is a center. Here? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, originally, BJ, as you know, better than I do, there was only two positions. You were a guard or you were a forward. And then there was, you know, these specifications. You're the point guard. You're the combo guard. You're the small forward. You're the power forward. You know, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and then we wanted to get away from that again. We wanted to open the floor up and say, like you said, positionless basketball and now we're reverting back because that is I think this is what's happening this year in basketball we're reverting back to the bigs we're reverting back to positions uh and Kyrie Irving I like the fact that he was open and honest about the situation he was like I'm going to be the shooting guard you you guys are all watching the game just like me James Harden is facilitating so he's our point guard and I don't see it. no harm, no foul. But I think if you had told someone, you know, let's say 2013, 2014, that, you know, James Harden was <laughs> was a point guard and Kyrie Irving was a shooting guard, they would have looked at you sideways. Like, what are you talking about? But that's where we are. Things have flipped. Yeah, that's where we are. So, OK, I'm going to go with it. And, I'm going to ride uh, with it. I kind of like it. I like that okay. Kyrie's OK hey, with That's it. what we're saying. OK, I'm going to go with that. I don't know what it means, but OK, here we go. <laughs> I, 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 I was... I was just getting used to the other way of looking at the game, you know, but okay. So, all right, moving right along. Let's move right along to a guy that's torching the league this year, even though his team is not doing the same. And that is Bradley Beal. Uh, he torches the Celtics last night. Um, you know, they show, they were making all the comparisons to a young Kobe Bryant. They show mm. the numbers, his first seven, eight years in the league, mm. very similar to Kobe Bryant. Obviously, you know, Brad Beal is one of those guys where he has a, a, an ISO counter to every single one of your counters. And uh, he has a, a very, very deep bag of, you know, uh, of spin moves, you know, uh, you know, fadeaways, whatever you want to, whatever you want to see in a game. And uh, I like the comparison to a young Kobe Bryant, but he's stuck in a tough situation in Washington. Uh, do you want to talk about Brad, Bill, BJ, or should we keep it pushing? Let's, I want to hear this comparison to Kobe Bryant. Yes. I want to hear, you know, I, I, I've had the pleasure of watching both. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I don't see it, but <laughs> give me the comparison. So basically, you know, these are the uh, the Wizards announcers and the, the whole idea, the package that they presented was, you know, let's look at the first eight years in the league for both Bradley Beal and Kobe Bryant. Let's look at the field goal percentage. Let's look at the points per game. Let's look at, you know, their their continued growth and shot making over the years. So that was sort of the uh, so we just want to compare the numbers. Yeah, not the games. They're, they're comparing basically, you know, their career arcs, I should say, like they're, they're saying at this point in Kobe's career, eight years in this. This is where he was. Brad was in a very similar spot. And then Kobe, you know, in the second phase of it, the, the whole point, BJ, was to say Bradley Beal has another phase of his NBA basketball career to look forward to. Um, and I okay, think. That, all that, right. I, I, yeah, I heard that. I happened to have watched that game mm -hmm. when they said that. And I was, I think it was Drew Gooden. Yeah, I think so. One too. of the announcers. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I uh, was announcing the game. And I was just interested in the comparison, right? Me um, too. And I didn't get it. But again, <laughs> you know. Okay, I guess we can move right along. I, I guess that was it. I didn't. I, I didn't get it. 
But if you want to compare the numbers, we can compare the numbers. I mean, I think Drew Gooden, he he did do the the proper thing, which is Bradley will never say that he is in Kobe Bryant territory. We're not saying that they are one to one, but the, the the whole premise in general was to say Bradley has a a second phase, a second All Star phase of his career. Hopefully, you would assume Bradley Beal has been terrific. I want to say that yeah. Bradley Beal has been excellent. He played great last night. Was a snub he, last year. Should have been an all-star last year. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, and I get it. Um, you know, he he scored, what, 35? He's averaging around 32, 33 points a game this year. He's mm-hmm. been terrific. And I give him credit for accepting the challenge, taking on the challenge there in Washington and leading by example. So, you know, I'm going to let Bradley Beal be Bradley Beal. That's mm-hmm. what I see. I see a young man that is continuing to improve, perfecting his craft, plays the game the right way on both ends of the court, and looks to be a really good teammate. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that I've seen this year more than any other year in his career is his ability. He's become a willing passer. You know, he, he passes the ball makes drop passes, plays the game the right way. I mean, he is an excellent, excellent player. So, you know, if anything, I see a young man that's adjusted, adapted his game to today's game and really fit in the bill. He plays outside, catch and shoot, isolation. You know, if there's anything that, and I don't know if he has the size to do it, you know, when you say Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Went to the post. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Beal doesn't, you know, it doesn't play in the post like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Bradley Beal doesn't play at the elbow. Bradley Beal is not utilizing the same footwork and shot fakes and all of those things. So, again, when they said that, I started looking at the game going, okay, did I, uh, you know, I'm looking at a young man that can, he he moves well without the ball. He can play in isolation, has a nice variety of moves, step backs and so forth and so on, stops on the dime with a pull up, plays in transition. So, you know, he he looks like he's found his way. I don't mm. think he resembles any player. Uh if anything, you would probably but I think he puts it on the floor better than Ray Allen, but you know, they kind of move similar, you know, the, the body types. But other than that, I like what I see with Bradley Beal. I, I but I didn't see the comparison when they said it, but you know, but they those guys watch him every game. I don't watch him every game, but I watch him a lot. I, I don't see the comparisons. Mm. Next up, we got a, you know, Bradley Beal is obviously a guy that, you know, people are going to throw into trade rumors, you know, until we get past the deadline. Uh, the next topic, BJ, Andre Drummond, uh, former All-Star in Cleveland. He is deciding to sit out uh, or, you know, basically waiting out to to get traded somewhere else. There's rumors of the Raptors being involved. Do you want to keep it pushing? You want to talk about Andre Drummond? Keep it pushing. <laughs> I just I just wanted to see your face when I brought yeah, that up. Let's keep it keep, pushing. Keep it pushing. <laughs> uh, and next up, we uh, I want to go to Zion Williamson, BJ, uh, if you're willing to indulge me. He's having a great year so far. The Pelicans are obviously outside of the playoff hunt in the very tough Western Conference, but he's been putting on a show down there. But we haven't heard much about him, it feels like. Uh, the media people, the media types that loved him so much at Duke, they're not talking about him as much. Uh, have you been watching Zion? Should we yep. stop here? Yeah, uh, we should stop. I, I watched them last night against the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons had another nice win. Yep, they did. And uh, they beat the 
the Pelicans. Pelicans. Yep. Yesterday. So yeah, let's stop. Let's uh let's check out a little little uh little Zion Williamson. Let's check it out. Yeah, so what do you see with Zion? We got Brandon Ingram, obviously, who is the all-star on this team. He has 26 last night, but Zion also had 26. Um, he is getting more and more involved as the primary option. If you're watching this Pelicans team, you know, they're running some offense through him in the post. Uh, you know, he's starting the break, you know, when he gets a, rebra- a rebound, you know, there, there's there's signs of Zion becoming more of a primary guy on this team. But what have you seen from Zion? Because I've been very, uh, you know, uh, impressed you know, to say the least, I think that he looks really good, but I haven't heard the conversation around him. Not, not even that, you know, I was expecting that to be the case being in New Orleans, but John ja Morant gets more pub, it seems, than even Zion at this point. Well, let's start off with the positives. You know, Zion has been fairly healthy for the most part of this year. Yep. And that was a big concern, especially coming into his rookie year. I think he only played about 18 or 19 games or so. So for the most part, he's been fairly healthy. I think he's learning the NBA game, and he's putting up terrific individual numbers. 24, 6, and 3. Okay. Those are the type of numbers that we thought. I have no problem with his efficiency, how he scores, how he plays, so forth and so on. Now, if there's one thing that I thought he would do better than what he has done, because I didn't know what kind of score he was going to be, but you know he's averaging roughly twenty five points a night. Is his rebounding? Mm-hmm. What did you? How many rebounds did you say he's averaging? Around eight. Okay, I thought he would be a double digit rebounder at the very least because of his size and athletic ability. You know, when I watched him in college, his first jump is impressive, but his second and third jump is just as impressive as his first jump. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would really serve him well as a rebounder up here because of his quickness and uh, agility and ability to get to to the ball, especially when the ball is not in his space. I am expecting him to be better at that part of the game. If there's anything that I can say in critiquing his game, his scoring ability to play through contact. I think he's a good passer. I think over time he will extend his range to three-point range and so forth, and that will come with time. You know, the probably the thing that most people and why we haven't been hearing his name is because they're not winning. Mm-hmm. You know, Zion came in with so much hype and so much expectation that we thought, oh, this guy is ready to go like right now. Well, it's it's hard to win in this league. And you could score points and, you know, I watched him score some nights where he shoots 60, 70 percent from the field. I don't know what his field goal percentage is, but I'm sure he's it's at a very high clip because he's very efficient score. But when you talk about winning in this league. You know, you have to be able to dominate in a certain area if you're going to be the best player. He's scoring, but he's not dominating. OK, mm-hmm. he's not dominating and just drawing double teams where he's dom- he overwhelmed the opponent on the offensive end. He's not dominating on the, the rebounding c- category or, you know, certain areas of the game. So the thing I'm happiest most about him is that he is playing well. He is healthy, and that's important. But, you know, he's going to have to figure out what is his impact on winning the game. Okay, mm-hmm. And they've had a team with Lonzo Ball and, you know, they got Bledsoe and, you know, our good friend down there, J.J. Reddick, so forth. So they're still trying to figure it out. 
But I think right now you can see how difficult it is to win in this league, Tate. It's very hard to win, mm-hmm. and especially out there in the Western Conference. But, you know, let's continue to allow him the opportunity to grow because you can't forget this is only his, what, second year? Second year, yep. This is only his second year. And I want to be patient with him, even though he came in with so much hype. And that's almost impossible to live up to. Mm-hmm. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Discover. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash, so you already know there's cash inside before even opening it. But in this case, it's stuff with your first year cash back match, and you don't even have to send a thank you note. Cash back match only by Discover card. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Discover something brighter. And this episode is also brought to you by our friends at First Leaf. As we all know, trying different wine is one of the best ways to find new favorites. Yet sometimes buying wine I've never heard of before or even tried doesn't pay off. Literally. But having a First Leaf Wine Club membership is like being a VIP in the world of wine. You can discover top-rated wine you love at an exclusive discounted cost with practically zero effort. First Leaf is a wine club that sends personalized selections of wine from top vineyards around the world right to your door. Every bottle is handpicked by experts with your exact preferences and palate in mind. No more guesswork or letdowns. Unlike other wine clubs, First Leaf uses an algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations, which means shipments only get better. I'm a big fan of Barolos and, uh, you know, after time, I just started getting some of the best Barolos I've ever had from First Leaf. And I also got some great cabs that I would never try. You know, some from Argentina, some from Spain, some from France. It's been the best. Discover new wine like a VIP by becoming a First Leaf member. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash pushing. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash pushing. P-U-S-H-I-N. Back to pushing through. And if you think about it, too, I mean, the first year ends and, uh, you know, with a pandemic and then it leads to playing in the bubble. Um, he did not have a good time in the bubble. He, he you know, had to go back for some family stuff at one point. So Zion has had not had a regular, you know, entry into the NBA by any means. So that's the other part of this that I find, uh, you know, I wanted to point out on his behalf, too, because he is playing really well. But we're not in normal times. And uh, that sure. is why we're not getting the Zion conversation that we expected. Uh, BJ, I'm not going to let you keep it pushing for a final topic, because this is one of my favorite things to bring up to you. The Bleacher Report power rankings are back uh, and, they're, and they're getting more and more power by the week uh i'll read them out to you now uh mike midas our producer is laughing as i say this number number one we got the utah jazz uh the first team to 20 wins in the nba this season a team that is playing a beautiful brand of basketball uh they are taking over um you know the social media feeds everywhere at bj with their slow motion passing plays uh you know into wide open threes for joe ingles um that that's one half and then number two in the nba and i can't wait to see your face here the phoenix suns uh led by you know De- what i'm not mad at that okay all right i'm not i'm not mad at that i'm not saying i agree with it but i'm not mad at it all right that's good i like a- that at least we should be rewarding you know what they've they've had a good week you know they've yep. had a good week they beat philadelphia and uh i can't remember who they beat yesterday but um they've had a good week they, they've had a good week I, I i'm not i'm not mad at them you know a good mm-hmm. last week or whatever because today's monday but um, I, 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 res- I respect, I respect that. 
I respect mm-hmm. that. I mm-hmm. can go with that. Yep, beat the magic yesterday. Yeah, um, yep. yeah, yeah. Chris Paul and Devin Devin Booker is looking great right now. Another guy uh, to throw out there. Number three, we got the Los Angeles Lakers uh, who are hobbling a bit. Um, LeBron James doing his best to keep okay. this team uh, at the I top can, of the I league. I can respect that. I yep. can respect that. Anthony Davis went out with an Achilles injury last night. Number four, we got Midas's Philadelphia 76ers. Um, who were continuing? Respect that. Yep, continuing to roll in the Eastern Conference, and then number five, BJ, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, led by shooting see, guard Kyrie see, Irving. See, uh, stop it! See, stop it! <laughs> the Clippers they, have twenty they, wins. A lot of they, people would say that no. they should probably be there. Um, no, but that—that's your top five, BJ. What do you think about that? You—you—you you, you can't have Brooklyn in there. You can't. You just can't. Yeah. You can't. Mm-hmm. You you can't have Brooklyn over the Clippers. Milwaukee, uh, the, the the second best team in the East right now, yeah, could be in you there. You can't have Brooklyn over over the Clippers. You can't have them. You know what? It's a team up there. I want to give a little love to is in the Great Northwest, mm. the Portland Trailblazers. I want to talk a little bit about them. You know they've lost Nurkic, and they're still finding ways to win. I think they will probably do something to probably shore up their their front court a little bit uh, with their bigs. And I like how they're playing. They they lose CJ McCullough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I like what they're able to do. But no, I can't put how, what is this infatuation with Brooklyn? I, I, I can't get it. And I like Brooklyn, but mm-hmm. they're not one of the top five teams. And. KD's going to be out for a little bit. So, come on. Let's stop it. Let's let's stop with them. They must know that Kyrie's going to be taking 30 plus shots. So, it's all, we're all saved in Brooklyn. And uh, no, it is funny. I feel like Brooklyn has this de facto status where they are a top team by, you know, the sheer fact that they have these three guys on the roster. Um, It feels like we all expect them to flip the switch. But, you know, BJ, as you has said before, you know, on this program, it's not easy to do that without any sort of continuity. Um, So, those guys are trying to figure that out and work through it. I think the Clippers are a team, you know, there's only three, three teams in the league with 20 wins the Clippers are one of them the Jazz and the Lakers they should probably be in the top five if I had to guess Um, but we're fatigued with the Clippers that's the other that's the other thing that I'm realizing this year BJ people do not want to talk about the Clippers anymore and last year they were the talk of the town yeah the Clippers beat the Cavaliers last night without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard which is a huge accomplishment for this team you know, to play and 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 allow their other players to figure out how to win games without both of those players being absent due to injury. So I still like the Clippers. I still think they are playing excellent basketball. Depending on what night you see them, you got to recognize they're one of the top two or three teams that I've seen thus far. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of basketball to be played. But, you know, you can't take away anything, take anything away from the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are playing excellent basketball. You know, I'm just hoping, you know, as I talk around to executives and people around the league, that I get the feeling that most people in the NBA circles feel that the Utah Jazz are the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. That's the feeling I get. I like the Jazz. I like Donovan Mitchell. I like Rudy Gobert. But the playoffs are a different game. It's a different brand of basketball. 
And the regular season is about, especially this year, the best ability is availability. They have been available for the most part. They've been healthier than any other team. Mm-hmm. They're core guys. I think they have Mike Conley out now. But for the most part, they've been fairly healthy. When the playoffs begin, it's going to be a different game. Now, I don't know, as I look at the team, how that's going to translate to the playoffs with their roster as it's currently set. So, you know, but as I talk around, talk to people and executives and people seem to say, oh, yeah, they, they, they might be the best team in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to say that because I put some stock into what, you know, winning is very tough to do. But most people, you know, they're not like, oh, they're the best team and that's the team to beat. Mm-hmm. No, I have no one has said that. But everyone respects that they're, you know, at least people are saying, yeah, they're winning. But they're like, ah, oh, the best team is L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, the best team is. It, so we'll, it, see, it, we'll see how it plays out. It does feel very much like the Raptors when LeBron was in the East a little bit, where you had this team that would be the one seed and, and you know, win a bunch of games, win, you know, 55 so games, right. something like that. You know, their coach wins coach of the year. But we all kind of have this deep in the back of our mind of, you know, they, they're they missing something when it comes down to, you know, the, the final stretch run to go right. to the NBA finals, especially when That's you right. have the, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers right. and all these other teams. I mean, even the Nuggets last year, you know, they're, they're up in that series. The Nuggets come back and win. You know, who's to say if they hold on, they don't make the conference finals and we're having a different conversation. So we can't be completely dismissive, you know, of the entire no, no, operation. I, I, I don't want to be. I, look, they're not a very deep team mm-hmm. with the, you know jordan clarkson is arguably a starter right he's arguably a starter you know he he should be up for six man of the year yep you know you have Derek favors there but outside of those two i don't know how much further they go mm-hmm. into their into their to their bench so you know if they are going to be the best team it's going to require them to do something, Tate, I've been advocating since the bubble, which is to put Donovan Mitchell on the ball. Mm-hmm. Like James Harden, put him at the one. Just put him at the one. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been advocating that for over a year now. Why? Because you have to be able to play downhill. Mm-hmm. and force your best player to be a 3D player, right? He's got to dribble, he's got to drive, and he's got to dish. And the way they play today with pace, you want the ball in your best player's hands as much as possible so yeah. that he can do. Yeah, don't waste the time with the the, the formality of, like, let's give it to this guy who's going to give it to this guy. Just cut out the middleman. Yeah, just, just go to it and allow him to create, right? Yep. You have one of the best defensive players in the game and if your defense is up to par it will create more open court opportunities which would give donovan the at least the freedom to do what he does best he plays in chaos i mean he can play he can create he's a creative player he can he's athletic so i think if they're going to advance 
you got to do it with Donovan at the one. Yeah, that's just my personal opinion. You you, you got to do it, and 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 I'm and I'm saying that because you know I don't want to take anything for granted because what you don't want to see is this team be the best regular season team and then get to the playoffs and lose in the first round. Mm-hmm. That to me, because last year was very disappointing. I thought they were a team. I mean, they were up 3-1, right? Yep. They were up. Yep. They were up 3-1. And that's hard to do. That's hard to come. That's hard to overcome. And if they don't advance this year, I think I think it, it, that window is closed if they don't win this year. So for their sake, I hope that they, they do advance, but I think it's going to require them to do something drastic, which is I'm putting the ball in my best player's hands, and I'm going to say, let's go play. Mm. Because when he played that one year when he beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, when I say he, Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz played the Oklahoma City Thunder. Donovan Mitchell was terrific. And you just got, and now he's, you got to let that young man carry the load. And you mm. got to put him out there and say, you know, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it because of him, the way the game is played. So that's how I see it. I like what they're doing. Look, Coach Snyder has been excellent. Probably the coach of the year right now. Yep. Probably you can argue it. You know, he does an excellent job. But Doc's up there as well. Yeah. But in saying that, you know, I don't think anyone is saying that this is the best team. And once the playoffs begin, that's Mm -hmm. just my, my gut feeling on that. Yeah, it's one of those things where if Donovan, you know, takes over that number one spot, you know, that point guard role, then where does Mike Conley go? Um, you know, th- there's all those conversations that that come up from there. But uh, I like that point, BJ. I like the idea of Donovan Mitchell being the one and and uh, becoming that dude, that guy for. Uh, well, for them I, I think that's what that's what that's. Listen, Donovan Mitchell. Listen, when you start playing, when you start advancing in the playoffs, you have to have an advantage. Yep. You have to have some advantage, right? The great players give you an advantage. Okay, what's the point of having or playing with the LeBron James if there's no advantage? That's why he's a great player. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant has an advantage. Steph Curry, all these players, they have an advantage. Now, Donovan Mitchell at the two, does he really have an advantage over Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or no? Right. If LeBron James is matched up with Kawhi Leonard in the in the fourth quarter, is there an advantage? Is there really no. if you put him at the one, Donovan Mitchell has an advantage mm-hmm. over most most guards because of it. He's just his his strength alone. Right? How many point guards, you know, how many point guards have to play against a, an athlete like him? He's a powerful little athlete, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though he's not very tall, he's still very powerful and athletic, and he plays much bigger. So I think with him at the one gives them an advantage. At the very least, he matches up. So, okay, he plays against C.J. McCollum in the playoffs. Okay, it's a nice matchup. He plays against Damian Lillard. It's prime you're time. Like, now you're saying he's a little stronger than than Dane. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying, you know, Dame is going to be Dame. 
But you're saying we may have to adjust defensively because we may not want Dame guarding him for 48 minutes. Mm -hmm. Which creates a cross match in transition, which ultimately should allow him to play freely if they get stops on the other end. Mm -hmm. So I think he is in a, 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 without question, a advantage for the Utah Jazz. Absolutely. Absolutely. He is the one. Uh, and I think, you know, we saw that with the Nuggets. I mean, Jokic was the, basically the point guard in that series. And if he wasn't, Jamal Murray had the ball in his hands. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, take take it in your hands on the other side of things and, and, and see what happens. I, I like that idea. BJ and I, as always, this has been another edition of Pushing Through. We appreciate everybody listening and we'll be back later in the week. Thanks.